1: There you are
0: You're running for your life You're a shooting star All
1: the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now
0: Coaches, welcome to episode 227 of the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm so excited. Uh, I have a great guest today. Uh, I think many of you Georgia coaches, Georgia high school coaches, know who Kyle Sandy is. Uh, Kyle Sandy is owner of sandyspiel.com, a website focused solely on the coverage of Georgia high school basketball. He's also part of the Hoop Scene team. And also, you can find him along Twitter at Kyle Sandy 355. He he is the uh, voice and the word of Georgia high school basketball. So if you need to know what's going on with rankings, players, he is the man. He's going to give us an update on um, on each division, uh, on players, on teams, on coaches. So we're so excited to have Coach Kyle Sandy. Before we get started. Um, I want to introduce our ShootAway. Our sponsor is ShootAway, probably the the best shooting machine on the market. I know there's a lot of different shooting machines out there, Dr. Dish and so forth. But um, I believe ShootAway is the best shooting machine on the market. And currently, they have the new 12K shooting machine, as well as the uh, 10K, 8K, and 6K. We own it. Uh, shooting machine here at Lake Oconee Academy. We absolutely love it. We have great drills that we do every single practice for our team. Uh, But make sure that you check out uh, the Shootaway website and also check out the new 12K. Recently, uh, I just sold a 12K shooting machine uh, to my good friend Jarrett Clark at Westminster Christian Academy in Watkinsville, Georgia. And uh, feel free to contact me at any time uh, if you're interested in buying a shooting machine the gun all right so hey let's welcome kyle sandy coaches let's welcome to episode 220 227 sorry kyle of the uh, championship vision podcast uh Hey, just one of the great people uh, in Georgia high school of basketball and so forth. We got Kyle Sandy here. Kyle, welcome to the uh, Championship Vision Podcast.
2: No, oh, thank you for having me back, Coach. You have what you said to over two hundred episodes. You've been keeping busy over here, so it's a, like I said, it's an honor to be on here with you, sir. You've uh, you got some heavy hitters coming on the show, so to be able to join that cast, uh, it is very nice. I appreciate it. Hey, I should be coaching my team right now.
0: We're 9-0. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. should be, I should be preparing now for Green County. Uh, <laughs> of course, I've already done that. But uh, instead of doing my podcast, but I, I love talking to you guys, man. And I love talking to you. So, um, of course, Kyle Sandy's the owner of SandySpiel.com, a website focused solely on the coverage of Georgia high school basketball. And um, he's doing a million other things. So I always follow him on the big games he's covering. He just does a great job. So, Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Kind of tell us a little bit about yourself on how you got into this uh, into
2: this gig you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, myself, such as many others, I played basketball growing up. So, I played basketball in high school at Sequoia High School, over here in Canton, Georgia, Cherokee County. So, I was part of a team that, you know, I, I've, I've been a part of a team that was – Didn't have much tradition. So it was a a program that was built from the ground floor up. It was not necessarily known as a basketball school. Uh, Junior season, we flirted with 500. Then my senior season, we were the first team in school history to make it to the state playoffs. So I've been a part of that kind of culture, not being like a uh, front runner, more so being of, okay, it's a homegrown town and you build it up and you build it up. So I ended up going to Kennesaw State for sport management, didn't play in college or anything like that. Um, and then quickly, I was turned into a sports journalist, really, without me even kind of knowing. I knew I, I kind of liked to write, but it was always a lot more fun when you were writing about sports and something you were sure. passionate about. So I started writing for the GHSA, the AJC, uh, even the Atlanta Falcons uh, through a company called Score Atlanta. But after a couple of years there, it just it didn't look like there was a lot of love for Georgia high school basketball. and. you know, anybody that knows high school basketball in the United States knows that Georgia is top five when it comes to girls' and boys' basketball. So on the side, I just kind of opened up a website, sandyspiel.com, and just started going to random fall league games and tweeting stuff out from my account and um, got the ball rolling, started a transfer list that got very popular uh, quickly, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then eventually... Um, when I left SCORE Atlanta, I just kind of transitioned into doing SandySpiel.com full time. And uh, it's it's really been uh, something very special to me just to be able to track all these student athletes and these programs doing it the right way. And um, it, it, it's just great. From 1A public all the way to 7A, there's great basketball across the state of Georgia. So I just try to do as much as possible with state rankings, with coaches carousel as far as... Uh, tracking where all these coaching changes go throughout the year, so making it kind of easier for potential coaches and coaches that might be looking for a new job, um, tracking it that way, doing game night recaps, doing uh, spieling and dealing, my my own podcast as well, just as much as possible. uh, I just try to give it all back to the community because I know Georgia high school basketball is great, and especially with these COVID times and everything being very crazy and up in the air, uh, as long as the ball keeps bouncing, I'm going to be in the gym and I'm going to do my best, the best to my ability to try and promote these kids in these programs.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we, we all look at it. And if you're a coach that doesn't, uh, I guess if you're 0 and 20, you probably don't look at too much of the rankings, but um, you really have some good insight. Uh, and I, I think it, you mentioned this to me before, Kyle, about college recruiters. I, I, I think there's a lot of kids. That are going unnoticed. That you, I think, really help. Talk about that. How you really help out a lot of these kids that might not be recruited.
2: Yeah, that's very true. And it's not just me. There's a lot of great people across uh, across the nation that do scouting and media and that go into these gyms and help kind of quote unquote find these kids. But uh, you know, especially with the, what's going on, as I mentioned with the COVID and stuff, some schools aren't able to get out. Division ones aren't able to get out and see these kids. So there's there's a lot of talent that can sometimes slip through the cracks. So um, my job really is throughout the high school season, both boys and girls, and of course in the off season with travel ball, is to try and locate these kids. Now, I feel like um, it's easy to find a seven-star kid, like, or the five-star kid, pardon me, because you can see the seven-footer in the gym and it's like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. That kid's going to be really, really good. Um, it, it's, it's easy for anyone to, but the kids that I kind of like to focus on or try to, you know, help push a little bit are those kids that might be in rural areas or smaller schools or just not be a well-known player uh, that could be maybe a Division II or a junior college type player, a fringe type player. Those are the kids that really need the push, not the, the well-known guys that have the mixtapes following them everywhere all across the country. Like those kids are set in stone. They don't need Kyle Sandy to write something good about them because everybody knows who they are. But it's those kids that, yeah, the random six-foot guard from a a two-way school that that plays pretty, you know, decent competition throughout the the high school season. Then they might not be on a shoe team during the summer, so they might not be getting as much looks as some of these other players are. So those are the players I like to try and do my research on and dig up, and those are the type of players and the type of teams – that really lead me to making a lot of um, a lot of road trips throughout the year, going to, to to smaller schools and just different areas across the state of Georgia, maybe two, three, four hours away. Those are the games I really get excited about. It's not necessarily one versus two in a, a big time 7A matchup. It sometimes might be a 2A or a 3A game that has one really good player that's really brought that program into some statewide relevance and they just you know they might not have any offers but uh, just being able to go out there and seeing with my own two eyes and uh, judging them based on everybody else I've seen across state kind of gives me a measuring stick to try and help and promote them and just see if I think they might be able to play at the next level and in doing so talk to college coaches and try and you know get the ball rolling and help some of these kids get some free school at the next level their dad and you do a great job
0: that I mean that's really underrated what you do for those kids and of course a lot of the kids you're talking about I have a lot of kids that play for me that (laughs) go unnoticed uh, except for one I got one kid already signed with Tennessee Chattanooga uh, and so forth but I have a lot of other kids that I think play at the next level but you know more of the D3 D2 and that's that's where you do a great job hey talk about your own you run don't you run an early season tournament correct and also you're heavily involved in travel ball Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I usually like to run events during the earlier part of the season, like you mentioned. Um, I was supposed to have two this year. I had a boys' event and a girls' event. Unfortunately, my girls' event did get canceled. But my boys' event, which I had to scramble in, you know, like the week and a half before, I had to change venues <laughs> and teams dropping out and this, that, and the other. So, I mean, obviously for everybody, this has not been – or at least 2020, 2021 as well right now. Hasn't been the best year for schedule making. Um, but I like to have a platform for these kids. And it really goes back to what I just mentioned. Not always the the juggernaut 7A schools that everyone knows and the biggest the biggest and the best. I like to try and get some teams that usually don't play in the the metro Atlanta area and give them a bit of a platform to play other really good teams and see what happens. Like I had Richmond Hill come from over – getting closer to that Savannah area, had Upson Lee come from Thomaston, Uh, just even St. Ampicelli from Columbus. So I'd like to pull these teams from all over the state of Georgia and get them in a centralized location uh, closer to Metro Atlanta and have them really showcase their talent. And when I'm there, I don't get to kiss babies and hang out with everybody. I am like on my phone doing media, trying to put out as many videos and tweets as possible. I'm working my butt off to try and put as much exposure out for those kids as possible. So I do like to have these events. It's either through the Sandy Spiel brand or the CTC Create the Culture brand, uh, which I do run showcase camps and some events as well. Um, But it's all about just giving these kids a platform to play at a very high level and give them a chance to be seen by college coaches.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I know the Championship Vision podcast loves to partner with you, so hopefully we can kind of get more together because hey, I'm all about promoting the great high school coaches and, uh, and players. Um, I don't think there's enough people like yourself giving back to the game. Am I, am I wrong there?
2: Um, I think it's really gotten better. When I first started, I guess, like five, six years ago, um, I think there were pockets of people that were covering it, but they were more so focused on – uh, AAU and travel ball first. I've always been, and I, I make no bones about it. Everyone knows I'm a high school guy first. I love the high school game and then travel ball, which is obviously necessary for players to get better and see better competition. But I'm all about a packed gym on a Friday night against a rival school, yeah, yeah. going up against great game plans between coaches where they know, okay, this is this player's strength. What is their weakness? I'm going to take away their strength. You don't necessarily see that as much at travel ball when you, you don't even know who you're playing until you know, with two hours before and stuff like that. So that's why I've always been a high school guy. Um, but no, going back to your, your statement, I think that it has gotten better. I felt like when I first started, it was more so people covering travel ball, but no one was really covering high school year round. So that's why I started my website to kind of be a, a one-stop shop with both travel ball, but more so focus on high school basketball as to you could just go on sandyspill.com and go through the archives and say okay this team's been really good the past four years and here are all the all-state honors for the past three four seasons it's really cool just to kind of have that history there but um i would say that a lot more people have started to get back into media and there's a lot of people popping up every single year uh providing very good content so i think the state of georgia uh, definitely is in very good hands. I think boys are probably in a little bit better hands than on the girls side, but I think girls basketball is coming as well. And uh, I've been getting deeper and deeper into the girls game and I, I really enjoyed and I, you know, I, I, I do feel like on the girls side as far as for colleges, that's where a lot of really good girls could slip through the cracks. But if you're able to get in there and see these girls, you could really help out a lot of college programs, not just Division One, but Division Two, II, Division 3 NAI. All those, those rosters are starved for players, and sometimes it's really difficult if there's just not an a, a overlying uh, media outlet that can kind of direct them and say, hey, here's a list of 20 girls you should at least have on your radar to kind of know. So being able to kind of fill in the cracks there and do that on the girls' side, I think that's been something that's been very helpful recently. No doubt, man. I think you have the best
0: brand out there. I know Pete Acock would agree. We're always talking about you. I know Pete follows you big time. Um, hey, Pete, hey, of course, Pete Acock. Uh, you might know him. He coached at Appling High School back in the day, coached in Mississippi, one of the best all-time coaches in Georgia. Uh, Pete, what's your question for Kyle? Because I know you follow him a lot on what's going on in Georgia high school basketball.
3: Well, I'm just glad he's doing what he's doing and having a much bigger effect than probably what you think you are. But uh, it's really, really needed, and I hope you continue with it. And I hope you're able to build your brand. And while you're doing all this work for other people, don't forget to brand and build your own your own brand. Uh, I'd like to, this thing to get for you one day where you don't have to do anything but this. That would because you talk, I talked to you on the phone one time a long time ago. did you tell me you worked uh, at a radio station? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, okay, but I just want to encourage you in doing this. i tell you that Georgia, I, I have a, I've been around a long time. I've been a high school principal for over 20 years. I've coached basketball for over 20 years, and I've pastored a church for over 20 years. Now, I know that's 60 years, but a lot of it was done to – you know, concurrently together. So I've I've seen it all inside and out from Mississippi all the way to Georgia. But what you're doing is 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 really shining a bright light on basketball and and the more creative you get with this thing, I think the coach is gonna really, really cooperate with you and they probably and they already are. But it's just like me, I've been trying to get uh, a kid that played for me, Rufus McDuffie, I don't know if you know him, but he was at Mitchell Baker for many, many years. He's played for the state championship nine times and played and won at five. He's won over 600 games. He was my point guard a long time ago, and I've been trying to get him in the Hall of Fame, and I can't even get an email returned. <laughs> you know, that that's the kind of thing that bothers me, and I just want to throw out to you, maybe you ought to have your own Hall of Fame. There's another guy, Joe uh, Williams, down at baker county and he joe passed away joe won over a thousand games well joe's not in the hall of fame i think if you win a thousand games you might already get considered you know but but that might not be your area but it's something to put in the back of your mind and maybe there's another hall of fame out there that is not so complicated and uh, i think the reason it's so slow um, is because they've made it very very complicated uh, you ought to have a list of things one two three four, boom, you know. And um, but he, of course, I, I lean heavily on Rufus. He's an incredible coach. And um, uh, when he was my point guard, we averaged over ninety four points a game. So he was a pretty good one. Five six, you know. But I hope you get to know him. He's got two players now. One is a six seven kid that's already signed with Georgia, in football. Or already committed to Georgia football. He's got another kid that's six seven. That's gonna be a pretty doggone good player, and uh, they've got a little meat on their bones. They got some muscle, so you might want to think about him anyway. I'm running my mouth right now. I can, uh, I can talk all day long. But my friend over here that I has gone crazy. He has. He he gave me a text today and said he was gonna schedule. Listen, this year he's gonna schedule Buford. Mm. I sent him a text back and said it's one thing to schedule. A black bear, big, strong black bear. But my God, son, you've gone and tried to schedule the grizzly bear, the baddest bear in the whole state of Georgia. <laughs> so I think he has these moments sometimes where he just has this idea, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> but but anyway, we'll see. But anyway, I enjoy what you're doing. and If I can ever help you, have, help you I'm retired. Um, still love the game. Keep up with the game got my board right beside my lounge chair that I use all day long coming up with the perfect, uh, silver bullet, you know, so to speak. But, um, uh, anyway, I'm running on now, but, uh, again, I appreciate what you're doing. If I can give me a call, I'm getting my vaccination this coming Wednesday. So I'll be good to go. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks coach. Um, Hey, Kyle, let's get right into it. Let's go. Let's talk about players. Let's talk about – because I know you know players all, all – all. Let's, let's start with the single A. Give me like your top – we did this before, but I want to hear right now, not necessarily the preseason, but who is playing the best right now and start
2: with single A and move up double A all the way up to seven? Oh, boy. It's been challenging as far as, you know, some of these teams on the boys' and girls' side, as you know – They've only played maybe two games or Mm -hmm. haven't even played a game yet. So that always makes it, you know, extremely, extremely challenging. Um, I guess on the boys' side, I'll start with Class A public. Um, You're looking at Drew Charter, a a 1A public school in Atlanta, which you don't really hear about 1A public schools in Atlanta at all. And uh, they are really good. Jacoby Strozer, he's a junior. He's got high major offers. Um, he's been having a really strong season. Uh, Jaquist Thornton, another guard in that backcourt with him. Uh, he's just blazing fast. He can shoot the three ball. He can get the ball and go in transition. I mean, I watched them play 7A Roswell. So you're talking about Roswell having, you know, two, 3,000 more, two over 2,000 more students in them. And they were up forty points on Roswell, and Roswell's not a bad seven A school. Roswell's—they might be like eight and five right now. Like that's a solid school right there. And they just absolutely blitz them. Uh, so that Drew Charter team is is very impressive. And you know, on the on the girls side, I, I need to hear about Lake Oconee Academy. I hear they're <laughs> up to a great start. They got great X and O's. I mean, they got a really good player going to Chattanooga. So, Coach, I want to hear about your team. You tell me. <laughs> Hey, 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 we're just, Hey, we're just trying to grind
0: it out, Kyle. Come on now. Um, Hey, I, you know, what's funny is that, you know, I've been with these girls for five years since the starting of the school. So, uh, we come in this together. Now we have picked up a couple good players though. Um, so, uh, Piper Bozart, our big girl, six, two, um, she doesn't want to play at the next level, but she could, she's having a great year. Uh, you can't teach six, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> so you can't do that. And, uh, Pete would, Pete would agree with that. She's having her best year. Now, she's off and on. Um, and we, have, we picked up another girl from Tala Farrell, uh, Jada Williams, a uh, sophomore kid that's physical, aggressive. We needed more of a physical athletic presence in our lineup. We got, you know, Destiny McClendon. We got a bunch of role players, Hannah Heinen, uh, Kayla Joe Ogletree, uh, Georgia Bozart's Piper sister, um, you, know, Kinsey, you know, Kinsey Steve. We got a bunch of kids that are just grinders. We don't have a lot of talent, uh, but we're playing good, playing well together at the right time. Uh, and Pete was right. I actually called Gene because we're 9-0, and and we've beaten some good teams, Kyle. We beat Evans by 30. We beat Oconee by 30. But la- hey, just, la- just recently, we only beat Brentwood School by 10. So we're capable of beating everybody but also losing anybody. And I called Gene. I said, Gene, I want to play somebody that has a championship, resume and um, and we love to come play you guys and I'm not so afraid of it
2: has a championship vision I would say as well oh no doubt no mm-hmm. doubt um, and
0: I was I mean and Gene we're trying to set it up right now when we come over there and what he said was coach we would love to play because he feels like our team is better than some of the teams he's facing now can we beat them uh, I don't know I'm probably not they're better than us they're more talented than us they got a great coach but I want my girls playing a team that they know that it's better than them. So we're trying to get us ready like that. So
2: that's all I can say about us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you've you've said more than enough. You guys are, uh, you know, enjoying what well, it's got to be the the best start in school history, right? Hands down, right? Nine and yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys are rolling and, you know, looking at everywhere, everyone else in Class A public, you know, sometimes it's a crapshoot. I mean, Central Tableton was going to be really good this year, but then I think they're two best players set up due to COVID. So, Oh, man. You know, I Bernayla, was wondering where they were. Yeah, yeah, Bernilah Sparks, who was my player of the year in the classification last year, they lost in the state championship last year, and she averaged yeah. over 20 and, 20 and 10 a game. And uh, to the last of my knowledge, she's not playing this year. So that really – through a monkey wrench into everything, and then you're looking at Calhoun County lost by one to Early County, who's uh, number one in Class 2A and has a 6-3 post going to Florida State. So yeah, I've seen uh, it. Yeah, and, and Calhoun County they got a uh, Takiya Davis who's going to play at the Division One level as well. Um, so there's you know it's it's open. There's good teams. There's not a, a juggernaut team that's like everyone's fearful of in Class A public. So I mean you got as good a shot as anybody, and you got you got some talent. You got you got a you. Probably have the best player in the classification in Destiny, so you got that. You always got a chance to win, so you got to feel good about that. Yeah, of course. You know what everybody's
0: worried about. Talk about this is man, the presence of COVID. I mean that could that could change your vision quickly. I mean, you know. So I mean, so what are you seeing from coaches now? Are they just um, are they, what are they doing with their teams? That you have talked to and What are they? What are we doing differently?
2: It's just a white knuckle ride. You're just hoping and praying everyone's doing what they're supposed to do when you're not watching them, wearing a mask, being socially distanced. I mean, that's all you can really do as a coach at this point. You can't say, hey, when you go home, lock yourself in your room and don't talk to your family, don't talk to your parents. Like, you you, you can't do that. So at this point, you know, it kind of comes down to being responsible and also getting lucky and just making sure everyone's doing what you're supposed to do. You, You can't really do too much more than abide by the guidelines. And then just, you know, hope and pray everyone stays healthy. So that's really um that's that's every coach's game plan. But you're right. I mean, COVID can can screw things up in a hurry. I mean, I've seen so many, especially on the girls side, not just with COVID, but even early on in the season, there were so many good girls players that were injured early on in the season. And then you know, you, you, you put that on top of COVID and then you, I'm trying to rank teams and you don't know, well, hey, we had two girls out with COVID or this girl had a, a sprained ankle. So I go on as much information as I have available, but it's, it's very well impossible that some people are in quarantine and this, that and the other. So it's been a challenging year for everybody involved in sports. Kyle, talk about single A private. I, I think our single A private schools, boys
0: and girls, are probably, I'll be honest with you, they're probably as good as the bigger schools. Uh, Talk about the talent level in the top-heavy single-A private schools, girls and boys.
2: Yeah, especially on the girls' side. I mean, St. Francis is doing really well. I just saw them play 7A Woodstock. Uh, Mia Moore is going to Mississippi State, a sharp little guard. they got another really good guard, Erica Moon. I think she's got a chance to be the next uh, big-time guard out of that program. And St. Francis, I mean, they're, they're loaded every year. To be honest with you, they graduated a lot from last year. I thought they were going to take a, a little bit of a step back, but uh, that hasn't really been the case. They're really, they're really tough. Trance trailer. Taylor inside is a, a six foot one forward that can do a little bit uh, on the perimeter as well as just, you know, take it to people inside. Uh, I saw Mount Perrin play uh, wow. this past week. Kara Dunn, she is a budding superstar. She is a real deal. She's got high major offers. Um, daughter of coach Stephanie Dunn uh, who used to be at Barry college and then at St. Pius. So she's, she's an excellent coach. She's very chill on the sidelines. She doesn't have to yell and scream. She can sit there and you know, when she's got an extension of the coach on the floor and her daughter, I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible because, yeah. I, I mean, Kara, she put up 41 points and 10 rebounds in a loss, but it's yeah, not just yeah. that. And, she, and that was over a five-game span, I want to say, against like three top 10 teams. She averaged over 28 points per game. The scoring is great, and that's always going to get the headlines. But it is her absolute IQ, her passing, her defensive instincts – She does everything on the floor, and when you have a player like that that you can just stick on there and you feel great about every single time, she just elevates everybody on her team to just such a whole different level, and and Mount Perrin is – they're extremely dangerous, and, you know, Holy Innocence has always been really good. They got bit by the transfer bug and by graduation. I mean, they've been stuck on just four games played all season, so – it's still a little bit early to tell with them, but they have some good results earlier in the season. They beat some really highly ranked top 10 teams from higher classifications. So Nicole Dixon always has that team playing on a very high level. Um, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Yeah. Pretty surprised. I mean, they they, they lose a uh, Vernica Hip who's over there at uh, Clemson now. Clemson, I knew. Yeah, yeah I knew Jalissa Dunlap who's going to Jagsville. I knew she was going to be really good. She's putting in a lot of points. But now they have a girl, uh, I want to say she might be from Pol- Poland as well. Uh, I'm not going to butcher her last name, but she's going to Anderson. She's been really tough. Kelslyn Oxidon, who's finally healthy, she's signed to play at Texas a and So that's a big three that has played exceptionally well. And they beat Hebron. And Hebron – I mean, you're just oh, yeah. looking at yeah. You're just looking at the roster. You got Nicole Azar, who's like the almost if she's not already she I saw a graphic she's closing in on being the all-time leading three-point shooter in Gwinnett County. She's going to Sanford. They got Carly Hedger, who's a six-two wing going to Sanford. They got uh, Malia Fisher, who's like six-foot-two uh, forward that's going to Rice. Um, Jesse Parrish is only a junior. I want to say she's a big-time swimmer, but she's a six-foot-one forward. Um, Carly uh Fahey, she's going to UNC Asheville. They got Sydney Whalen, who I think is going to Georgia College. They got another one that's going like D2D. D2. They got the whole, they got a college roster over there, Coach. So they are like they are no shorts yeah, of yeah. town. Jan Azar always has town and she's a terrific coach. Um, you know, they still I feel like they're gonna be really tough to beat come yeah, state tournament through. time because they're all seniors. They played together last year and I only lost one game really close in the final four. So even though St. Francis is playing really well right now, I still think, you know, Hebron's going to have some good game plans coming down the stretch. So, I mean, that those are juggernauts. And we're not even mentioning Galloway, who's a young team that's 11-0. Wesleyan, who might not be what Wesleyan was maybe two years ago, but they're still really good, got really good young guards. Chit-chat right has been really good for them. Alyssa Phillips going to Georgia State inside. So they're always going to have some size and really good guard play. Um, they, they're really tough as well. So – um, Class A Private, what used to be just like – it used to be the four. It was going to be St. Francis, Holy Innocence. It was going to be um, Wesleyan. Wesleyan and Hebron. That was always going to be your final four. But now it's kind of opening up. Mount Perrin's kind of sticking it in there. Elka getting, you know, with that big win over Hebron. They're in the discussion too. So, like you said, uh, Class A Private on the girls' side is tremendous. And I'll quickly go to uh, – on the boys' side, I mean, sure. Greenfield. They've only played five games. They just beat uh, Saka finally after a long layoff. So it's really tough because you don't really know what to expect. Like these teams that haven't played in a month, like Buford, Gene, they finally got back on the court after not playing for an entire month. Like you don't know what you're going to have. Like it can be good to get healthy, but sometimes with that health, sometimes comes rust. So you kind of got to balance that. But Green Force has been good. Mount Pisgah, who finally slayed their personal dragon. in St. Francis, who's a two-time defending state champ. They beat them earlier in the year. Um, but St. Francis is good. Ushawn Holt is going to Alabama. Um, really talented player. Providence Christian has a really good big three with Chance Thacker, Tony Carpio, E.J. Williams. That's a team that they they won a lot of games last year uh, when Coach Thacker got there. But they had a very weak schedule, and they would they would agree they have a weak schedule. But this year they've gone out and
0: man, it's such a pleasure to be on Championship Vision podcast one of the premier podcasts for top high school coaches and rising coaches in the game of basketball. My name is Michael Williams, and I'm the founder of the Williams Advancement Agency. WAA is a full-service agency here to assist all coaches at every level to be successful in the position they are now and obtain the future coaching position they're looking for.
2: Scheduled as many top 10 teams and you know, as good a schedule as you can find in Class A private, and they're sitting there at uh, looks like 11-3 and three by now after the last result. So that's a really good team as well. And, you know, you, you just look down. Walker's got some talent. Christian Heritage is coming on strong, which is how well Tyler Watkins coaches that team, and he gets the most out of their players. So, um, you know, top to bottom, Class A private, it's it's going to be tough. You know, with Green Force, i got all the seven-footers, and i got a lot of talent as well. But, you know, come tournament time, all it takes is one game. You just gotta be better uh, for 32 minutes sometimes. And especially with COVID and injuries, you never know what can happen. Yeah, and you just take the the single the single A public and private,
0: that that's an association right there. I mean, now you haven't even talked about two A and a lot of the coaches from the country who listen to my podcast, they're going, Man, he just there's a lot of talent out there. And we haven't even talked about double A. And it goes all the way up to seven A. I mean, Georgia is underrated as far as talent.
2: Continue on, Kyle, with 2A or the yeah. Um, uh, 2. Yeah, 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 2 way So 2 way on the boys' side, I mean, everything starts and stops with Pace Academy. I mean, that is – it's almost unfair on paper looking at what they have. It's just, you know, yeah, Matthew yeah. Cleveland's a six-seven wing going to Florida State, like a five-star guy. Charmin's done a great job, man, building that. I mean, they, brought, they were tough before him, but
0: he's uh-huh. a great coach.
2: Yeah, yeah, great coach, and he always has great players as well. So it's like the – it's a perfect mix over there. Uh, and you got Cole Middleton going to the Cleveland State. Uh, Josh Reed's a 6'7 um, junior who's blown up this year. has been like their second leading scorer, I think. So you add him into the mix now who's taking his game to another level. Madison Durr's a, a veteran guard that sets the table. I mean – They really just have uh, so much over there at at Pace Academy. And Swainsboro, that's a a really tough team. I really like uh, the Seabro twins. They won the state championship in 2A last year. Obviously, they did not have to deal at Pace Academy, but those two guys going to North Carolina State to play football, they're extremely tough. Uh, I love what they bring. Um, Frederick and Cedric, both of them very good players, can do a little bit inside and out. So they're an aggressive team. They can match. That uh, that toughness—they wouldn't be afraid. I know they, they, you know, on paper they don't have the talent as Pace Academy does, but you never know. You can hit a team in the mouth, and sometimes <laughs> things can get crazy. So they do have that mentality, that championship mentality that you need sometimes to pull through in uh, in tough games. But you know, other than that, love it's got Ryan Mutumbo going to Georgetown, a seven-footer. Um, Washington County is always very good, always has really good guard play. And Woodville Tompkins in Savannah has a team that they were in a little bit of a rebuild last year, but they were off to a seven and one start right now before COVID kind of hit and put them on pause. So those are a couple teams on the boys side. And then girls side, early county. Right. They're they're looking to get over the hump. They got beat by Douglas in the state championship. And then I think it was maybe the final four or the lead eight, final four lead eight last year. But Michaela Thompson, she's averaging like close to 30 points and 13 rebounds and five blocks. She's going to Florida State. She's a real deal. She finishes everything inside, extreme length, block shots. Uh, She is just a monster uh, to deal with. But, I mean, two-way has traditionally been one of my favorite Classifications because you got teams from North Georgia. You got teams from Augusta, from Savannah. It's like it's all over the map. So it's just differing styles. It's not like in 7A where all the best teams are in Cobb and Gwinnett and they all play each other throughout the year. Like these teams are four and five hours apart. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know where that city is. It's it's worlds apart, and that's why I love it so much. And looking at a team that's very far away from Early County is Rabin County. Katie Dillard has done such a tremendous job. She yeah. has that system in place. The Lady Cats, they win no matter who is there. She's, you know, the standard is the standard over there. She's built a culture. They got two really good uh, freshmen, and Ellie Southerds, and then Lucy uh, Hood, who's a playmaking guard. You put her next to Gracie Dietz and some of these other players, Carly Haven, that's already um, been in the mix, and they just win games. They win games. They win games. They win games. They win games. Uh, they're mightily impressive, and they play some really good non region opponents to get ready. And, uh, you know, Elbert County, I saw Elbert County play like a week or two ago. Yeah. They're all sophomores, and that is super scary with how good they already are. They are uh, like 16 and 12 or so last year. They played in my, my uh, Sandy Spill Showcase last year, and they were pretty impressive. But now this year, Anaya Allen is maybe 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but she's shifty. She's got a bunch of other sophomores. She's probably been playing with her entire life. And they just have that chemistry and they click and they're aggressive and they're good and I mean Elbert County they're in that same region with Raven County and Region 8 and then you throw in Banks County who's ranked number 10 currently in the poll that has some yeah. some good talent Cameron Greer inside like that's that's really really tough Region 8 always decides it might not decide the state championship but indirectly sometimes it does with the seeding as far as who who a, a, a really good other team from another region might have to play in like the second round instead of seeing them in the final four of the state championship. So region eight is always really, really good in class two a. Always got to keep an eye on that on the girls side. Yeah. I actually spoke to Steve shed the other day from banks. Cause
0: I was trying, I'm trying to add games. Cause we had a lot of cancellations and I'm not afraid. I know you go to, you play at banks County, you're going to get a tough, tough game on that. Now yeah. I don't think they're as talented as some of the other teams Know maybe in Atlanta or whatever, man. But you're gonna, they're physical, they're well coached, and I want my girls going against those type of teams to get us ready. So, Steve said his schedule was already full, so uh, maybe later. I'm sure there's gonna be cancellations later. Oh, yeah um, Hey, talk about,
2: I talk about 3A, Kyle. 3A. On that. I mean, it even better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just keeps going up and up and up, it's all over the place. Uh, Three on the boys side. You're looking at Sandy Creek is the heavy favorite Jabari Smith going to Auburn, a five star six foot 10 forward inside and out, just like the prototypical big man in the NBA now that can stretch you out to the wing. And, you know, I don't want to say like Kevin Durant, because he doesn't have the ball skills like that. But think of a Kevin Durant type player, uh, <laughs> not at that level, but you know, that kind of length and that ability to to score and do a little bit of everything. He's He's a real deal. His dad played in the NBA for a handful of years, so he's got great bloodlines, and he's he's really put it all together. And you know, Miles Rice transferred in from Eastside. He's going to Washington State, so you got Auburn and Washington State right there, an inside-out duo. Um, that's really tough to beat. And they got Deshaun Proctor as well. I want to say he's going like Dallas Baptist maybe. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're loaded over there. They've taken a couple losses, but they played really good teams. They have some really good wins as well. Um, they're extremely tough. What I've been waiting to see in Class 3A, though, is that Savannah region. When it comes down to Johnson, Savannah, and Windsor Forest, I went maybe, I guess, two and a half, maybe close to three weeks ago now to see – Windsor Forest played Johnson and that was two versus three at the time both teams have dropped a little bit because of inactivity but of course the day of the game that morning it gets canceled so my trip to Savannah ends up being not a basketball trip but a mini vacation so it ended up yeah I know I went on the 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 the, yeah the the ghost tours and everything so smart um, move Kyle yeah I'm glad I went a day early thank goodness I went a day early to go on those ghost tours I I was able to get a little bit out of the trip. Um, hey, if you come to Greensboro, hey, we'll get you on Lake Oconee, man. We'll play a little golf, man. Oh, I don't want to embarrass myself, but that does sound very fun. I got <laughs> some clubs in the trunk, so I need to dust them up. Absolutely, man. We'll get you out here. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to get that way. You're right
0: about that. Hey, um, talk about on 3A, and I could be wrong, maybe Madison County. Talk about the guard that – um I'm trying to think of her name that it got hurt, right? Uh, yeah, basketball.
2: yeah, yeah. Kayla McPherson, McPherson going to, yeah. to uh, North Carolina. Yeah, when she got hurt, that really threw a monkey wrench into everything. Because you're looking at what, like, 36.7 rebounds, seven assists, and like seven steals a game gone. She was, she was the most dynamic player in the state of Georgia. She was incredible. I watched her put on, put up 64 points against Hart County when Hart County that year. Hart County lost by like three or four points in the state title game. And they had yeah. Torianne Starks, who was a big-time player. And she just, just absolutely disintegrated them. And it was, it was incredible. To this day, the best performance I've ever seen in person was her 64-point outburst. Um, but her going down, that really changed everything for Madison County. Um, but she is a, a tremendous talent going to North Carolina. ACL injury, you hate to see it, but sometimes it does happen.
0: Yeah, hopefully she'll be back and so forth. You never know. But, uh, of course, these kids play so many games and so forth. You you wonder if it's not more prevalent. Uh, hey, let's get in the 4A. Let's get in the 4A right now. Talk a little talk a little hoops at the 4A level.
2: Yeah, 4A. So, 4A has been pretty crazy as far as just, like, who who is going to be the team to beat, especially on the boys side, because uh, that Columbus area, they went into pause with COVID. So, we got teams sitting at the top of the pole that have only played four games. You got other teams that have played – 14 games. So it's just like, it, it's really crazy, really, really kind of hairy. Uh, but Spencer out of Columbus, they played at my event earlier this year. They're very impressive. Uh, Jaquez Holt is a very good senior guard. A lot of D2s and uh, junior colleges are trying to get him. He, he just has an outstanding mid-range game. And sometimes, you know, I was looking at Spencer. I've heard about Spencer for years now, and they would always put up 90 points per game. And this is, this was back when they were in 2A. They're up to 4A this year, but they were playing teams in 2A, and it was you know it was a slaughter. They would beat teams by 40 and 50 points in the region, and it wasn't a very good region, and they're a good team. So a not-great region versus a very good team leads to a lot of lopsided uh, scores, and I think they scored maybe over 100 points five or six times last year. But they'd get into the, the state tournament, and they'd run into like a really good Augusta team, and they, they'd fall short and maybe like the Sweet 16 are leading. Um, so we didn't really know what to expect. Now, you fast forward to this year, they're up uh, to, uh, you know, classifications in the foray. Um, they lose their best player who transferred over to Alabama and then signed with uh, Ball State. Um, so, you know, you're, you're in a new classification, you lose your best player. Uh, you have everybody else coming back, however, uh, and it looks like he might have left the state championship team because Spencer's really good Ah uh, Tyson McDaniel's—he's moved in. I want to say from Jordan over there in Columbus. He's a six-six sophomore, a good wing that can do some things inside. Super long. He's very impressive. They got a couple other guys. Jalil Parker, I think it is. He came in from um, Shaw, I believe, and he's helped really solidify that. So Eric Allen, he's got a ton of talent. They're really good, um, and you know they're they're off to a really quick start. So that's a team. Uh, that's uh, got a chance to win a state title. And I want to go back to Holt real quick because I lost okay. my train of thought because I was saying, you know, when you, you see a team that's beating everyone by 50 points and they're scoring 100 points, obviously if a team's scoring 100 points per game, they're probably pressing a lot. And sometimes you would think, especially – sometimes at the smaller level, it can be a little helter-skelter at times maybe. Yeah. Um, but looking at Holt, when I watched him play, I was so impressed – Always in control, never got sped up, wasn't making dumb shots or taking dumb shots or making bad decisions with the ball. Super polished. You could have stuck him on a 6A school, and, you know, he'd click right there and would have fit in perfectly. So um, super impressed with him. And then a couple other teams in 4A, Baldwin's really good. they got a really good backcourt. Will Freeman leads that team. They've been stuck on four games recently, but Baldwin's a team that has a lot of guys that have come back. Jeremiah Simmons as well, a very uh, veteran group that I think has a shot to go very far. And I'll I'll touch on one team that just fell out of the top 10, is Fayette County. I mean, they played a crazy, crazy good schedule. They lost four games in a row before they won last night. So they're sitting at six and nine. Um, But they played top 10 teams in higher classifications. They beat Tri-Cities at one point, who's in the top five in class 5A and was ranked number one at the time they beat them but they lost to some other top 10 teams. So it was just one of those deals where it makes it really hard ranking because I know this team is super good. They have a lot of talent and they could very well win the state title this year. It's just one of those games where you got to kind of look at the numbers and the ebbs and flows. I mean, they're going to be back in the top 10 in due time because Caleb Banks is putting together a player of the year, candidacy in class 4A. He's been blowing up averaging over 25 points per game, a 6-7 wing. He's He's been terrific, but Fayette County, that's an extremely dangerous team. And then over in that Albany area, Monroe's really good. Westover's really good. Uh, Those are two tough teams. Uh, And then for a real quickly on the girls' side, um, Jefferson and Troop County, two really good teams. Jefferson just – they lost at St. Pius, who's red hot right now in 5A. And then they survived Chestert by four points in overtime after they, I think it was a three that Jefferson hit to send it to overtime. So sometimes you got to win ugly. It can't all be pretty. And I think uh, Coach Brown's team's doing that right now. And then Troop County, they just got beat by East Coweta, who was like a 500 team in 7A. Uh, That was a bit surprising. Um, But 4A, it's you know, it's looking a little open between Jefferson and Troop, not necessarily playing their best basketball right now. You got Luella, who's been tough at 11-2, and and then Carver Columbus stuck in that COVID pause at 4-2. and And then Maris always a tough team at 8-1. and They might not have the superstars that some of these other teams have, but uh, they have that great system. They will grind you out and play really slow in just a defensive style game. So those are some really good teams in 4A on the girls' side. Yeah,
0: Coach Brown was on my podcast. I mean, talk about an underrated coach. He's part of the what I call the Gene Durden uh, tree of coaches. Uh, but Coach Brown does a great job out there. Hey, talk about – this kind of this venture off on coaches. There's a lot of good, solid coaches in the state of Georgia that maybe people don't know about that might not even be winning state championships.
2: Yeah, there, there really are a lot. And, you know, they might not be winning state championships for one reason or another. You know, sometimes uh, it's just – you know, the, the the luck of the bounce doesn't happen, or they're more of a, a traditional where it's, you know, the ebbs and flows of the school. They might not be at a powerhouse that is always having talent, you know, flush through the doors every single year. It might be, hey, this is my shot this year, and I, I might have to wait another six years till I have one of those players walk through my doors. And, you know, that doesn't mean they're, that doesn't mean they're a bad coach if they're not winning 20-plus games every single year because there are some great coaches – that are in, you know, situations that are a little more difficult than these other programs that have kind of just built that, you know, that, that pipeline where just everyone wants to play for them and they're always going to have talent. So there's a lot of good coaches. Marcus Hood's always been very good. He's at Marietta, led a lot of great teams at uh, Alatuna. Gil Davis is having a really nice uh, resurgence this year at uh, South Paulding. His best team right now, it looks like, since, uh when he had Kane Williams, who went to Georgia State, and Jacory Wilson, when they made a deep run, so um, a lot of a lot of really good coaches just all throughout. Those are two off the top of my head, but like they're 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 all over the place, and it's it's you know sometimes it's just luck of the draw as far as state tournament uh, seedings, and then yeah. injuries, and there's a lot of factors that have to come into play to win a state title, especially in Georgia. And sometimes one of the biggest factors is. You gotta be a little bit lucky sometimes. yeah, but, yeah luck of the draw sometimes. Absolutely,
0: um, Coach Pete. Hey, jump in really quick. Hey, uh, Coach lives in Appleye County. Talk about Appling, uh and Appleine I four A or three? I'm not sure, but he lives from. lives in Appleye County. Pete, talk about the basketball out in that area.
3: Well, it's always been pretty doggone good. Uh, I, I coached here when I. The second, I was in Mississippi for about six years and I came to my home school here. But I, my dad, uh, back in the day, he scored 44 points uh, in one game in 1940. Can you believe that? But uh, that was a lot of points back then. But then not only me, but other people had. Uh, you wouldn't remember Bob Davis, but he won 125 games in a row in girls basketball. Um, and that was here at Appling County High School. And uh, we've uh, when I moved here, I, I, I think that we had, um, we had some really great, great teams. And I was telling you about Rufus McDuffie. Uh, was my point guard back in the day there. But there's some incredible athletic kids in this part of Georgia, South Georgia. I've always told college coaches that I've talked to that there's so many six-two kids that have got a little muscle on them and they're quick And they are super competitive. Um, They might not do a lot of blocking out, but they just go get the ball. I call it hitting and getting. And uh, you don't go to many schools around here and play. that They're going to have some athletic talent, just raw athleticism. And because football is so powerful in South Georgia, um, sometimes they're not quite as polished. But if you can get a quick, quick kid I coached junior college and found out very quickly. If you get a, a quick kid that can shoot and work hard, play great defense, you can you can do some damage. But, no, I, uh, I want to ask you this question. All this stuff you're telling to us tonight, is it – are you reading it or is it on the computer? Please tell me it is.
2: No, no, no. I, I, I'll look it, down. I how look how down.
1: do you do this?
2: Yeah, I just looked down to look at a, a team name just to, to jot the, the 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 you know my memory, but I, I do not have names written down or anything like that. No, as long as I have my rankings in front of me, that's all I have, that's and I can just kind of spit it off. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's
0: encyclopedia of who. Were, were you
3: a were you a Mensa guy? No, God no. <laughs> were you Mensa?
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not
3: that smart. I can't believe you got all this basketball stuff up there. Gosh, that's, that's unreal. <laughs> but, no, um, I, I tell you, if you want to find out about basketball, my point, my, my, he's been in South Georgia all his career years now. And, again, he's won over 600 games. But he's got, he can tell you all about basketball down here. And uh, he's a good man. Good man. One of my favorite, favorite players played an all-star game, started an all-star game. So, but there's some great coaches down here and they all work hard. Good people. There's some athletes down here now. Let me tell you, there are some athletes and uh, I don't know. I think there's so much basketball information out there. Now if a coach today doesn't have a pretty good system, he's just lazy because gosh, just like on Kevin's, all these podcasts, all you got to do is just click on the thing and listen to a coach that's won X number of state championships and runs this system and that system. And if you want it, it's out there for you. It really is. But, um, uh, I don't know. I think that the computer people might hire you just based on your memory. I can't believe I'm just mesmerized by all the names that you can remember. It's unreal. But, um, uh, no, I'd rather listen to you talk about basketball. Um, I, I love the X and O par basketball. I love uh, the numbered break and that kind of thing. I've been trying to get Kevin to run after maids, and he won't do it. But I'm, one day he'll see the lights, you know. And uh, got, if you're going to run, you got to run after maids. But, but anyway, I'm just blathering again. And I, look, I really enjoy what you're doing. And I, I hope you – this thing might take off, and there's no telling where it might go. But I really, really enjoy it. All the other basketball coaches do as well. No
0: doubt. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Coach Pete. Hey Kyle, let's let's go right into 5A because my good friend Gene Durden has moved up to six A. The five coach five A coaches love
2: that, man. Because yeah. Buford is, is tough. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Yeah. Anytime you get Buford out of your classification, you're <laughs> celebrating. Uh yeah. In right, every in every single sport, actually. Every For single sure. sport. Uh, but yeah on the girls side 5a looking at it forest park who was a 6a champ last year they dropped down uh they had the reigning gatorade player of the year in saniya fagan six foot four going to south carolina uh, averaging over 17 and 10 uh you know she can dominate games super athletic has a touch to extend out to the three-point line on occasion um, she can really take over games. So when she wants to, it's all about having that want to. And Galissa Knowles, she transferred in a, a really good outside shooter. I think she came from Forest, uh, not Forest Park, from Fayette County. She's really helped out as well. And so uh, Forest Park, they're they're really rolling right now. Woodward Academy, a really tough team. Sydney Bowles, a junior now, a big six foot guard, physical. Um, she's been averaging over twenty five points per game since she was a freshman, and. Has really uh, put that team on the map. Sarah Lewis has really improved. Uh, I think she's a sophomore now. She's six foot one, has a really good motor, does a lot on the glass, and can score, and has seen her game extend a little bit farther out to the three point line now as well. So she's been tough, but a team that's really been super hot. I mean, Maynard Jackson, looking at what they did the other week, they beat Woodstock, who was number three in class 7A. They beat them by five, and they beat Kale 63 to 52. And Kel, that was uh, that was Kel's first loss in over a year because they were undefeated in the regular season last year before running into Buford, of course, in the state title game. Um, so two big-time wins um, for Maynard Jackson. Patsy Mosley, I believe they have a unique Miller over there. They got some girls going to Delaware State. So that's a team that um, has had success in years past, uh, dominated the region, but they get into the state tournament and kind of flame out by the Sweet 16. But after two great wins like that, you know, you want to just bottle that up as a coach and say, let me hold on to this till we get to the state tournament. I don't want to be playing my best basketball, you know, in January, in December. I want to be playing it later on in the season. But just those two wins alone really shows that Maynard Jackson um, is a tough team, and I'll give you one more team on that girls' side. Um uh St. Pius, uh Kyle Snipes, they're they're winning a lot of games. They had two great wins that just skyrocketed them into the pole. I mean, they ranked uh, number 10 last week, and I got them all the way up to number four right now. They beat Grayson 53 to 38. Um, Kate McBride, she had 32 points in that game. Uh, I'm like a 5'11 post player, but she's tough as nails and gr- does a great job blocking out. <laughs> out of all the things that could stand out to me at a showcase camp was just how well she blocked out, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, the little things, the little just things a little like things. Like It's so rare. It's so rare to find a player that does, Kyle. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, she, you know, that just tells you right there she's got the fundamentals. She knows how to play. And now she's putting up 32 points in big games. Um, That's pretty good. And, of course, uh, I mentioned before uh, they came off a 57-49 win off of Jefferson as well. So St. Pius girls. Uh, playing extremely well, and they're trying to match what the boys have been doing. Uh, Boys currently ranked number one. They just suffered their first loss at the Next Level Hoops Festival over there, and I think it was in Tennessee. They lost to Ensworth, Tennessee by 20. But other than that, that was their only loss. St. Pius, really good Aaron Parr. uh, Talking about coaches that are great coaches, Aaron Parr has to be in the discussion as one of the best coaches in the state of Georgia. He doesn't have six-foot-eight. Guys jumping out of the gym or high major Division one players, he just has great system players that execute. They run his offense to a T. He's got just brilliant X and O's. He gets the most out of his players all the time. He's got a terrific point guard, Brooks Colert, best passer in Georgia, second best passer, depending on who you ask. uh, The flashiest passer by far, hands down. Um, He's going to Rollins College, but he makes so many just phenomenal passes. He just sets them up. And in a system that has so much great ball movement and passing and cutting, like he is just the wizard up top, just the maestro of that offense uh, making them really click. So St. Pius is very tough. Eagles landing. Um, they beat Sandy Creek recently, and that was a huge win. They got a great sophomore guard in David Thomas, who I absolutely love. I think he's going to has a chance to potentially be a nationally ranked player in due time. Uh, right now, uh Kane uh, Kane, uh, Kane and Carlisle from uh, Milton gets a lot of love and he's really good he's a five star and as does um Isaiah Collier uh, another five star ranked guard from Wheeler and both those guys yeah, I know uh Carlisle for sure has high major offers I don't think David Thomas has a single offer yet maybe uh he might but I haven't seen on uh Twitter or anything but he I I love his game he scores the ball which is great but he does so much more than just score the ball terrific motor gets after it defensively gets so many steals can play make for others chips in on the glass I just I just love his game he's just so mature really really good player and he played a I want to say it was maybe at like uh, new creation or one of those uh, non-GHSA schools he played varsity as an eighth grader and was very very good and then he ended up you know jumping over to the GHSA and he's you know he's had a great impact now as a sophomore and he was really good um, you know as a, as a true ninth grader playing freshman uh, last year as well so I love his game so those are two of the teams that I'm looking at in 5A on the boys side two really good programs in St Pius and Eagles Landing yeah St Pius boys I mean it's those one of those it just shows that
0: how coaching is a huge factor at the high school level on that because hey they've been consistent they are unfortunate to lose to the great ups and Lee teams remember that Kyle Oh, right how can I forget? Time. I mean, he lost. He could have had more state champion. I mean, some other state championships. Um, hey, I spoke to Kyle Stipes. Um, I think it was more in the fall. He said he wasn't that good, man. He lied to me. He says me. that every year. I,
2: he says that every week. Oh, he no, said he I, wasn't I, that good. He says it all the time. He's always sandbagging that, man. Oh, I know. Even after his wins, I said, I just don't believe it. I don't know how he does it, but he's got those girls clicking right now. And, you know, sometimes the biggest thing in basketball is belief. If you have a team that believes in themselves and they'll run through a brick wall for their coach, yeah. amazing things can happen. At the right time, right? And that's whole – can you mention a good point? Hey, listen, before we get into
0: 6A – Talk about, like, is, is it going to hurt teams not to play that many games early? Or maybe they're going to oh. at the right time. I mean, it's weird. Nobody knows.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, you kind of want to use the early part of the season to maybe gel and make sure you start, you know, getting all your pieces, knowing who plays well together. But, um, you know, with all these COVID canceling games and everything, I mean, I guess I'd rather have I guess I'd rather lose games early on in the season than late in the season maybe just because I don't want to be coming off a two-week layoff and go into region play and haven't played in two weeks and be super rusty and stuff like that. I really want to have some good momentum going into it. So if there's ever a time to have to shut it down, I guess – even like with the Columbus schools, maybe that's a blessing in disguise that they shut things down for a couple weeks early on in the season. If they can stay healthy the rest of the season and then not have to have any pauses or delays, and they can all be going into a you know February and March playing really good basketball, that could be very beneficial in the long term. Yeah, I think you might even see more
0: online virtual learning. I think I mean that's something that we do a we do a combination of things here. We got a lot of kids back on campus now. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, and I have some. Well, I have some kids now. They're just doing virtual learning, um, just to make sure they stay healthy for basketball. But we'll leave that one alone. But um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What you have to do. Everybody has the right to do what they need to do. All right, six A. Everything on the girls' side is going to start with Buford, right? But hey, there's some good teams.
2: I mean, Westlake, right? All those. That's going to be a battle. Oh, that is. I mean, hands down. That's 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 the toughest classification this year i i have to think westlake i mean they haven't lost a game in georgia since raven johnson wasn't at westlake i mean she's a senior now they haven't lost a game in georgia in three years and wow. i think i'm down here somewhere they are uh let me i think i might have it she is uh westlake has won 30 games every single year she's played so she's uh racked up 90 wins let's see 90 plus six so she's 96 and four since she's been at Westlake. That's ridiculous. That's got to go down as close to like, Miami <laughs> at Collins. Yeah, like, yeah. She might not be as dominant as she was, but she doesn't have to be that as dominant because she's got great talent around her. Um, Tania Latson moved in last year. She's leading the team in 20 points per game right now. Uh, Snoop Turnage is a 6-2 wing. That's a, just a defensive stopper that's going to be going to Virginia Tech. Um, Westlake so good, and Raven Johnson. She's a five star. She's going to South Carolina. Uh, she's just she's the queen of the GHSA, is what I call her. She just she can do whatever. She's a fantastic rebounder. Her, her three point shot has just improved immensely. She is such a good shooter now. There is not one thing on the court that she can't do. She's a lockdown defender. Um, Westlake is, they're you know they're they're terrific. They're as good as it gets in the state of Georgia, but. There's a lot of teams chasing after him. I mean, Carrollton's really tough. They moved up to number two this past week. The Mari Flournoy, who plays travel ball with uh, uh, Raven Johnson and uh, Turnage and all of them uh, over the summer. Uh, with FBC, she's going to Vanderbilt. She is a dynamic score. She's only about 5'7", but she can hit eight threes in the blink of an eye. She is a great passer, terrific competitor. Love her game. She's so good. She's uh, so good. Uh, Kenijah Daniel, who's only a sophomore. She's got like an Alabama offer, I want to say. She's like 5'11", but high motor, long arms, a slasher, really good defender as well. She does a lot of great stuff for that team. Uh, And they got a girl that came back from uh, ACL surgery last year. She got hurt in a scrimmage last year, and she's a terrific change of pace. I want to say she's a lefty, uh, about 5'5", but she can score the ball, great passer, turns the corner extremely well. Her being back healthy has really helped Carrollton, and then you know Langston Hughes. That's a good team. Demisha Kane's a three-point bomber. Tamia Stargell, reigning Region Player of the Year, is a really talented guard. Uh, Raven Thompson is a mismatch issue at about five foot nine, five foot ten. Really big body, but she moves extremely well and has a lot of skill. So you know, you know you you throw her into the mix, she's you know she's causing mismatches all over the floor. And then Autumn Phillips, I really like her at the guard position as well. She's shifty, quick, athletic, a really good passer as well. So Langston Hughes is loaded. Now we're moving down to Lovejoy. Lovejoy's good. Now Lovejoy, mm, they, had yeah. a, they they graduate their two stars from last year, Genesis Bryant and Nia Boyd, um, you know, North Carolina State and Georgia Tech right there, um, between the two of them. They're gone, but, you know, they've got a lot of talent there. Uh, Brianna Hardy is really tough inside, a, a good athletic rebounder, Layla Hood. Um, she averaged like 19 and 15 over her first two seasons at elite scholars and class a public. She's not putting up nearly those type of numbers now, but she's still really good. I mean, a big athletic uh, forward like that, that's so quick off her feet. Uh, that's going to cause a lot of issues, especially defensively with how she can wipe the boards and uh, defend. And then um, Lania Foster, I saw her over the summer as like a 5'9" five, five, kind of wing type player. Um, Don't really know what her true position is, but she knows how to score the ball, and she's been so good for them. And then uh, lastly, their freshman, uh, Brianna Preston, uh, she's the next big thing at guard for them. She's averaging close to 12 points per game, uh, about 5'9", a playmaker, really, really talented. So she's stepped right in and ran that offense uh, for Coach King, and they played some really good teams throughout the year and have had some good results. And then now we're getting into the the last two I got to talk about. Kel, Kel's very good. I mean, they were undefeated until they ran into Buford last year in the state title game. They got Crystal Henderson, who uh, we'll talk about Scoot in just a second. But Crystal Henderson, a sophomore, averaging over 20 points per game. I think she might be the scariest shooter in the state of Georgia. She will literally pull up from 25 to 30 feet from all over the place. Just is unstoppable when she sees one three-point shot go in she is just crazy and she's only like five six five seven Just a little girl you know if you saw her walking down the sideline you or down the street you would just you know think she's a, a normal little kid a student but yeah. oh my god she is a killer on the court uh, she's phenomenal and then um, Jemiah Gregory who you know she's back playing but she had a huge scare and I haven't seen Kel play yet this year so I don't I don't know if I She's playing under a minute's restriction, which she very well may be because she had a a scare with a a heart condition and her basketball career was said to be over. She put it on her Instagram, said, my basketball career is over. I had this heart disease and that that was terrible because she's their best athlete. She's five nine. She was growing her game as a guard, um, extending her outside shooting as well. And she's a great slasher and just does everything. Um, but she's back playing. Like I said, I don't know. I think she might be on a minutes restriction, possibly. Don't quote me on that, um, but she's a big, big piece. If she can get back to where she was in the offseason, she's scary good to go along with the Maya Moss, who's a five foot eleven, just a, a good rebounder, finishes inside, and Sylvia Cajoro, um, a three-point specialist. That's what she is, but Kale spaces the floor so well and her and Henderson can shoot the lights out of the ball, and you add her into the mix now. she stepped up her game immensely. She was a role player, maybe like a ninth man, eighth man off the bench last year, but now she's like their second leading scorer, uh, just bombing away. And then, of course, we got to talk about Buford. They had to save the poll because they hadn't played in a month, but, I mean, Buford, they could right back to it. They hammer a good Stevens County team to get, you know, back into the swing of things. Um, Ava Watson's a, a freshman that I think she has, like, an Ohio State offer already, something like that. She's really good, talented player I've seen over the summer. Uh, they got all those veterans, all those seniors. Uh, Shia Willis, Shia Willis, really good um, uh, passer, sets up the offense well. Blair Wallace is a knockdown three-point shooter. Tamord Planton inside is a big bruiser. Um, and I mean, I, you can list the entire roster because the entire roster, <laughs> already playing focus on one kid for sure they're they're 15 (laughs) deep it's ridiculous but you know just naming a couple of those girls like they're they're so deep and you know vd they got they got everybody they they play one through 12 one through 15 and that's why they're always so good that culture that system is you know they get them in young they'll play some they'll learn so freaking much in practice in the off season like it is a constant learning Um, a learning process for these girls and they're always so much better for it. So it's incredible what coach Durden has done over there. And uh, before I move on to the boys side, I know, you know, Gene quite well, I want to hear your thoughts on what he's built over there and how he's been able to sustain it for so long now. Yeah. And Gene will always tell you, it's not, it's not what you do. It's how you do it.
0: Um, And I've always wanted to play his team simply because I I want my team – we run a clinic every year, Kyle. I think you probably know it. Gene comes every year with his players and does his breakfast club or whatever, Uh, and he puts on a show as far as teaching the game. He's just a great teacher of the game. He really believes in what he does. Uh, And, um, you know, he's at – just a perfect fit with him in Buford. Uh, Those kids – what people don't realize is he does have talent, but he also has a lot of kids that are not – really talented, that he gets the maximum out of. And those kids play with relentless effort. That is crazy enough for why I would like to play there. <laughs> uh, because I want my girls to see that uh, firsthand. Hey, this is what a championship program does. Uh, because if you're trying to build a program, you need to see it right up front. Of course, you can go to practices. Uh, but um, he's just he's just a winner. And he's got a great coaching staff. His son, Kobe, is an up-and-coming great coach. He's got a great staff. Um, they do a great job in the weight room. Their kids are stronger. I mean they're 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 built for they're built to win. Um, but they're built on the Breakfast Club and the fundamentals that he teaches those kids ever since they're in the fourth grade. Um, it's built from the ground up. I love the guy and uh, I, you know, he's one of my mentors and I really believe in what he does. Yeah he's uh he's tremendous.
2: I mean
1: Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, Head Master Trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics – lecture style via ZoomCast, and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives.
2: One of the ultimate good guys in, in the game of basketball. And like you said, a, a phenomenal teacher that is, you know, if you if you got a daughter and you're blessed enough to be in that district and go to that school, like they're going to get taught more than just basketball. They're going to get taught life lessons. And that's that's always going to be much more important and greater than what you can learn on, on a basketball court X and O's wise. So uh, Gene Durden is obviously a tippy, tippy, tippy top of the mountain when it comes to coaches, not only in Georgia, but the entire nation. And, uh, you know, shifting gears real quick to uh, 6A on the boys' side, Wheeler defending 7A champ. It's (laughs) weird to think of Wheeler not being in the highest classification. What's going on with that? uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's nutty, but they're over there in that ridiculously uh, challenging um, region where they're in there with Kale, who's ranked number two and, alatoona who's ranked number nine and uh it's just like everyone's in their south cob is out of the poll right now but they're extremely dangerous pope has will colker who i personally think is the best passer in the state of georgia um phenomenal they got osborne who's doesn't win a lot of games, but Zacho Littleton transferred from South Cobb to Osborne to make sure he gets his shot. So that's a guy that can put up a lot of points and is a high profile recruit. So like, there's just, and I know I'm missing even more, but there's, there's so much crazy talent, uh, boys and girls in that one particular region. I don't have the regions memorized yet, which kills me. I want to say it might be a region. Six, <laughs> but these, oh, they change all those classes in the regions and still drives me bonkers. Um, right. But it, it's a phenomenal region, but Wheeler, Um, As I mentioned with Isaiah Collier, uh, came back from breaking his shoulder, which I saw happen uh, last year. He's a sophomore, really good guard. Uh, Jaheim Hudson, he's the one that really makes him go the anchor defensively. um, Really good. I think he's going to Florida Gulf Coast. I believe I saw uh, a game changer inside with his presence. Of course, they had uh, Mr. Uh, Washington, Caleb Washington, transferred over from Pebble Brook, a 6'8 wing. That's going to Dayton uh i mean they got everybody max harris they, they got a lot of good good solid pieces that play into, to their roles and i think larry uh, thompson is a fantastic coach and he's one of the you know i feel like one of the kind of few coaches that really loves to go inside out like when they won when they shocked grayson in the championship last year it wasn't oh they got hot and they hit a bunch of threes no it was sam hines who's at denver now just punching you straight in the mouth as a six foot six forward punching you in the mouth inside i think he went like 11 of 12 from the floor, just something crazy. But um, even when he was at Green Force, Coach Thompson, you know, he had seven-footers back then, but he always played inside out and uh, always just is a physical style, um, you know, defensive-minded. Uh, he, he does a great job. Uh, but Kel, so we talked about Kel Girls with Crystal. Now we got to talk about Kel Boys with Scoot. Five-star guard. He's blown up this year. We all knew he was really, really good last year, but now – like the secret's out. Like he's, I don't know, I don't really look at the national rankings all that much, but I would have to assume he's got to be like top 10, top 15 in the nation. Now he is absolutely taking his game to a whole nother level. Uh, A freak athlete, just a ridiculous competitor that goes at you, a dog mentality, will lock up on defense, Um, just all downhill on offense. But He's added that mid-range game and that three point shot to his offense. So now it's not just, oh, we gotta keep Scoot out of the lane. No, he can pull up on a dime and hit that 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 mid-range from the elbow. He loves that shot. And then his three point shot has gotten better and better as the years have gone on. So he's really good. Jalen Harris has been eligible now after transferring in from North Cub last year. He's added that nice dimension. Uh, Najee Cologne is a, a really tough bulldog defender and a timely three-point shooter. Aaron Smith, a uh, a sophomore, only about six four, six five, but he plays his role really well and rebounds and can score inside a little bit. And that's the thing with Kel like a lot of these other superstar players, there might be a five-star guy and he's playing with uh, you know a couple three-stars and a couple other high-major or mid-major guys. Like it's it's Scoot, and the rest are just some dogs that play next to him. That play extremely hard for Coach Jermaine Sellers. They buy into it. Like if you just saw Kel walk into the gym, they're not like these other teams with six nine, six seven, six eight. Like their tallest players about six four, and you know they just follow the lead from Scoot, and Scoot makes them go. And you know he's just tremendous, uh, and you know he he he's a phenomenal talent. So if you're ever uh, in Cobb County, or you ever want to see a good game, anybody that's listening sure. to this podcast, this is a kid that seriously is trending towards the nba lottery i feel like kind of like what colin sexton did but he's yeah, doing yeah. that he's hitting that peak earlier and he's training like crazy he's got his own you know personal facility next play 360 his parents help run that so he's literally in the gym with pros all the time so uh the sky is the limit for him he is such a terrific player yeah that's great insight man i appreciate i'm really learning a lot as well about
0: not i not only the girl side but the boy side as well man you're again, like I said, you're an encyclopedia of information, man. If you're not listening, uh, Kyle Sandy, man, you're crazy on that. You're, you're asleep. Uh, and I know college coaches, I mean, what a resource for college coaches. Um, and you have a lot of college coaches that reach out to you and say, hey, Kyle, hey, man, who's, who's the, who's the up and coming guard that, that nobody knows about?
2: Yeah, yeah. From time to time, they do. And I really do appreciate that. And you know, at the end of the day, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I don't have a scholarship to offer. I can only say, hey, this is what, what? I kind of yeah. think about the kid. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. I think he, I'm not saying, here, you will got to offer them right now. But at least look at the kid and, you know, tell me what you think about him. But, yeah, I love helping out, especially at, like, the junior college level and Division two level. Those are the guys that are really trying to find those those guys that might slip through the cracks. And I got friends at the junior college level – I'm very close with, and it, you know, I always love trying to put them on some guys, and when it actually clicks and it works out for them, which sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but anytime you can, you can lead to uh, helping a college and helping a friend get to the next level, and more importantly, help that kid uh, get to the next level and, and go to school for free or go to school to open more doors for them, you know, down the road after they get out of junior college level and go to wherever. Uh, it, it's always great to play a small part in that and you know really trying to advance the game both at the college level and at the high school level now let's get to the final classification I, I, I'm assuming it starts with well not the Milton girls but the Milton boys mm-hmm. are the real deal am I, am I missing something here you're not missing anything Milton they're they're tough you know they had a you know, uh, some tough uh, tough games early. I want to say they lost. It might have been their first game of the season. They got beat by McEachin 56 55. And McEachin's right. been good this year. Sharif Cooper's gone to Auburn. And we'll talk about McEachin in a little bit. But Milton, it took them a while to get their football players because obviously they're a great football program as well. But they got LT yeah. Overton back. Um, I don't know if Devin Farrell's back yet or not, a, a, a tough guard. I think he was dealing with like a turf toe or a, a foot injury of some sort. But you know, you throw him into the mix as well. But Bruce Thornton, it's always been Bruce Thornton and uh, Scoot Henderson, one and two, the two best guards uh, in that, that 2022 class. And he's phenomenal as well. And I think, you know, if, if, if I had to pick to win a championship, like, today, if I needed to pick one player to win a game, and this isn't a knock on either player who I pick or pick against, but if I had to pick between Scoot or Bruce Thornton to win a championship to win just one game, I think I'm still picking Bruce Thornton. Now, long-term, I'm picking Scoop because he's got the athleticism. And I think he's, he's got a higher ceiling. I think Bruce is a terrific player, and he's going to have a great career in college as well. Um, but I just think his athleticism takes him to a whole nother tick um, but if I'm trying to pick a team to win right now or pick a player to help me win a title right now, I'm going with Bruce because I do think he did beat Scoot head-to-head last year when they played. Um, but he's great. I mean, he's a, just so physically gifted, strongman, you know, six one, six two. has great bloodlines in his family. But it's his IQ. It is his footwork inside. You know, he'll get into the lane and, you know, ball fake, head fake, pivots, he'll get you know, seven-footers, he'll whiff on blocking his shot, and he'll score inside. Uh, he absorbs contact. I mean, he's a guy that could get you 20, 25 points a game if he wanted to every night. But, you know, Milton's so balanced, he doesn't really have to do that. But right. he'll, he'll, he'll turn it on when he needs to. I just feel like he has a stranglehold on every single possession. There aren't wasted possessions when the ball's in Bruce's hands. Um, as polished as it gets at the high school level, and he's a big winner. I think he'll be rewarded with the state title um, sometime soon. Maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe both. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But he is he is a real deal. And he's got help now. Brock Bidwell transferred in. He's going to Campbell, a tough guard that came over from West Forsyth. So that's another uh, crafty player that can move the ball around, can hit yeah. some floaters, hit some threes. Um, you're looking at Kendall Campbell. Came over from uh, Meadow Creek, a six foot-seven forward who can dominate games inside. Really good player. He's got SEC offers. Uh, LT Overton, I mentioned, uh, more of a football player, but he's a bruiser as a sophomore, averaged like eight points, eight rebounds last year as a six-five forward. Uh, really tough guy inside. I mean, they, they just got so much to work with over there. And Kanan Carlisle, of course. Uh, five star sophomore. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. So, okay. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I almost forgot the five star. Of course, uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Alan well, Whitehart. Yeah, yeah, an embarrassment of riches over there. Um, but Milton's really, really, really good. They just won the beach ball classic over there in South Carolina. Yeah, so they yeah. they come back home to Georgia with that hardware, and I think they're going to have a lot more hardware to come over the next two years. And, and Grayson. Uh, lost at heartbreaker in the championship last year, Coach Pierce. Um, he sees three big players, you know, leave And Davon Smith, Mississippi State, Tanari Lane, Winthrop, and then Caleb uh, Murphy, USF. Uh, but now they have some guys come in. Therese Elliott moved in from Alabama, a tough guard. Chauncey Cavians <laughs> comes in um, from <laughs> east side. Yeah, six foot ten forward that's playing on the wing this year. And, uh, you know, they got some more as well. Um, that's a really, really good team. And you got Ian Shefflin right there going to Clemson, a six foot eight, forward, big man inside. Tajay Kelly has brought his game to another level. Charleston Southern, they might have gotten a steal because he's been, you know, I know at least the first month of the season or so, he was Grayson's best player. He's been super, super good. Um, you know, stepping outside, knocking down the occasional three. I mean, last year he was more of a guy that comes in off the bench, give you good minutes, grab you maybe five rebounds and four points and maybe block a shot but now he's had multiple double doubles and just showing a whole a whole new thing a whole new variety of skills his is his body's trimmed up his footwork's much better uh he's just been super impressive and then uh, robert coward he transferred in from denmark i knew i was missing a third musketeer uh, right that yeah, that's a kid that averaged almost 20 points a game at Denmark last year. And he's, you know, he's he's putting up big numbers again this year, probably in the, the teens or so, or close to teens. So a lot of talent to choose from. And then Caden McArthur, the unsung hero, I really like him. He's an unsung hero. He's not the guy that's going to get you big points, but he's a good passer. He takes a lot of pride on his, in his on-ball defense, a pesky little guard. Might be about 5'11 or so, but I just love his defensive presence and what he brings uh, for Coach Pierce. And I'll touch on two more teams on the boys' sure. side. Um, McKee turned ranked number three. As I mentioned, Sharif Cooper's gone. They lost a lot. But, you know, everyone outside of Cooper, I guess they didn't lose a lot because they have a lot coming back. I mean, Chance Moore, who's going to Arkansas, 6'6 wing, he's been in and out of the lineup this year. But when he's there, he's good. Bobby Moore's a six-five wing that can put points on the board, super physical, um, just a tough kid. Um they just got a lot. Cam McDowell, um, he's really exploded. He's going to Georgia now. He's super talented. And Randy Brady, another unsung hero that transferred in from, I want to say Tennessee, maybe a year ago, and he's really gotten comfortable in that system. So you got four guys now. They're somewhat, all, you know, they're all wings, and they all kind of score in similar fashions. That kind of worried me as far as that kind of repetitive all six-five wings. But they're all six-five wings that are extremely good, and they're playing at such a high level now. The one thing that killed them last year, and I saw it when they got blown out by Sandy Creek this year at Holiday Hoopsgiving, is when they run up against a team with a really good big man, that is an area of concern. They don't have a ton of size inside that can really defend the rim. That's something to kind of keep mm-hmm. an eye on. When you're looking at McKee, they can match anybody firepower wise on the perimeter, hands down, no questions asked. And they got some good athletes out of those four I mentioned and some tough dudes that can go up and rebound. But if you got like a 6'10 guy like Jabari Smith, he just ate them up and did whatever he wanted. Luckily, you don't have to beat Jabari Smith to win a state title. But that's something um, to keep in the back of your mind. And, uh, you know, playing teams like Grayson, who they just got beat by 74 to 66, Racing they play inside-out. Coach Pierce, I've talked to him throughout the season. He said, inside-out, 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 baby. And I'm sure I didn't see the game, but I'm sure that they probably worked that inside-out uh, mythology uh, against McEachin, and that really helped them win that game. So that's the one area of potential weakness for McEachin. And lastly, before I jump to the girls' side, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let myself catch my breath before I go into the girls' side. <laughs> you uh, need a timeout. You need a You <laughs> But uh, but Pebblebrook Pebblebrook is super good um, again a lot of repetitiveness but really good six foot six guys six foot seven guys on the wing Jamel Clyce uh, super tough uh, I believe he's going to Georgia State Tyler Shirley is going to South Alabama uh, Danny Stubbs a Georgia State guard Aaron Reddish is transferred in from Wheeler so it feels like they traded players they traded a. Uh, uh, Aaron Reddish for, um, you know, Caleb Washington. So those two guys, you know, Wheeler and Pellbrook swap players. And he's Definitely. really found a home at Pebblebrook as being an energy guy and providing some toughness as well. Um, and they just got some Cam- – Kamai Young transferred in from North Cobb Christian where he averaged over 20 points per game. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got uh, Blake Hadley. He's a six foot eight physical guy. I mean, Pellbrook's got – they got a lot. They, they have enough talent to win a state championship hands down by far. They played a good schedule. They haven't played that top pinnacle yet, though. They played, like, you know, Grayson and Milton, just looking at these teams, and McEachin, they've all played, like, the top tippy-top, like, number-one-ranked teams and top-five-ranked teams scattered throughout 7A to 5A. And Pembroke's played good teams throughout the year, but they they played maybe three or four top-ten teams, where these other teams, I feel like, have played, like, seven top-ten teams uh, so that's why Pebblebrook's a, a smidgen down, but Pebblebrook could beat any one of those teams. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride in uh, in Class 7A come the state tournament. That's all I got to say. Uh, Seeding is going to be imperative, and uh, there's going to be a lot of big time matchups in the second round. I can tell you that much. Hey Kyle, outside of Atlanta, I mean, you I, know, I'm, you know, um, Tiff
0: County. You, you, what are some big schools that a lot of people don't know about? Maybe, is it Valdosta still set? I mean, are, are there some really good, I know the former Ups and League coach right now is yeah. at Valdosta, correct, still?
2: Yep, Daryl Lockhart, yeah, he's yeah. over there at Valdosta. is in 6A, but they're off to a 6A. good 6A, right. Yeah. right. They're 11-2, they're and, and they won over 20 games last year and phenomenal, and um, Coach Pete talked about it earlier. It's that, south georgia toughness if you're in the state of georgia anybody knows that has a brain when you think of south georgia middle georgia and below in the state of georgia you think of athletes in toughness and they are going to punch you in the mouth and that's exactly what tiff county did to beat norcross for a state title years ago when they had pj horn and you know they beat everybody how'd they win that game they were tougher did they have more talent on paper no sir but they were tougher and more physical and that's how these South Georgia teams win. They just grit you out. They come in with such a massive chip on their shoulders and we get no love South's got something to say. <laughs> yada yada. And they buy into that junk and they will punch these teams in the mouth and take it to them. Um, so Valdosta 6A is really good. Tiff County. Uh, I had to talk about them in my recent podcast, always a good program. Um, they've got some work to do to get into the 7A, but The one thing that sometimes hurts some of these 7A programs as far as top 10 goes, and, you know, top 10 is not the end-all, be-all. If you're not in the top 10, it doesn't mean you can't win a state title. But when you get to those more, like, rural areas, 7A schools, they have to play, like, the 3A schools, the 2A schools, the 1A public schools because they're closer by. They can't go to Gwinnett County every other week and drive three, four hours to play those teams uh, that these, you know, Gwinnett and Cobb schools get to do. They can go 40 minutes away and play – you know, seven or eight top ten teams that they really want to. So it's tougher as far as getting into the top ten with these South Georgia schools because they're just farther away and they gotta you they gotta play the Turner counties and the Cook Counties and uh you know schools like that. Um but Tiff County, uh JT Warren's a really good player. I know he's uh committed to play at the next level already. Um he's he's a tough cookie. Uh, and then on the girls side they got they got some talent. We'll talk about the girls in just a second, but Tiff County always it always kind of starts and stops with Tift County. Now, last year it wasn't their best year. Uh, they're playing better right now. They're off to an 8-3 and three start. Haven't played a 7A school yet, but I know they're about to play Lowndes County for their first region game, so we'll see how that turns out. But Lowndes and Tift and those type of schools, even Colquitt County, always tough, always have athletes. And if you're, uh, if you're in a, a, another region and you have to travel down south, like three, four hours away for your first-round game, whoo! might
0: be in trouble because it's going to be tough
2: <laughs> exactly yeah
0: totally hey let's get to the girl side I, it sounds like to me it's uh I, and i i think i i don't know if it was your podcast or an article you had something about uh i'm good friends with uh uh julie connor uh mm-hmm. out there uh she actually played uh with my fiance um oh. Nikki they, they played together um at georgia college so mm-hmm. we know each
2: other julie's a great friend mm-hmm. uh, talk about her
0: program how they they overachieve
2: every year, don't they? Yeah, they're always really good. Like you can just shoe in Tiff County, twenty wins. They're always going to be really good. Like they had a great team last year. I believe they lost to Brookwood in the second round in a uh, somewhat of a close game. Um, but yeah, they got. Uh, I believe it's Cheney is their guard. She's real tough. They got some nice players, and like you said, they always get a lot out of these teams. Um, they're not. Stacked loaded like the Collins Hills and McEacherns of the worlds that I'll talk about in just a second, but they're always really tough. Like you're looking at Lyons is tough. Colquitt County has had some really good 20-plus win teams in years past. Um, it's just for that that on the the south the southern teams in Class 7A in uh in 7A, like I said, uh, sometimes they. They run into those buzz cells. Like last year I mentioned, they lost to Brookwood. who They were like 17-13, and 13, I think, last year. They had some yeah. talent, but it, it takes some time for a team to break through. Like Tip County boys, they've done it. Been there, done that. We know they have the capability of doing it. They have the culture. They do have the history of being able to, to do what it takes to take deep runs at the state title. Um, but in 7 eight girls right now, there hasn't really been one of those like Tiff County teams that have made a run to the Final Four or anything like that. They're all still really good teams. And, you know, luck of the draw, they can definitely get there. Um, but it just sometimes it can get hard because they, you know, they're not playing these other teams like Collinsville, where they got like six Division One girls. And, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Some, but, you know, the, the one thing is we said if you have belief in yourself and you have a tough style of play and you execute X and O's, you can beat anybody. So that, that's all it really takes is – Get a good seed if you're a South Georgia school like Tiff County. Get your good seed. Play good basketball when you need to the most, and anything can really happen.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Let's get
2: into and let's get into the top
0: teams right now. I know Collins Hill. Um, and they just keep getting better and better, right? And
2: uh, kind of give us get you know, give us give us the scoop on that. Yeah, Collins Hill, I I mean McEachern is who I opened up at number one because they had Jillian Holmes. MacArthur. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. She wins yeah. a lot of games. Yeah. Um, you know, Jill Hong, won two state titles at uh, Holy Innocence and then jumped ship for McEachin her final year. And she's six five and she's going to to Georgia. So she transfers in. McEachin had a couple other girls transfer in as well. Um, but I was at that game early on in the season. Collins Hill beat them, I think, like 52 to 51, 51 to 50. It was a one-point game or so. Uh, so it was a great game. It was a state title game right there. But Collins Hill? They added a ton of players like two years ago, two, three years ago, a lot of girls transferred in. And this year, no one transferred in, but now sometimes you don't need people to transfer in because they have what a year or two under their belt, all playing together in that Brian Harmon system. And now they're just winning. They're winning. They're winning. They're winning. Now they don't, they would always make it to the state title game, but they'd run into Westlake and Westlake was just at a whole nother level. And they, they get blown out. Like last year, they, they got hammered, but, uh, Collins Hill's been really good, but now since they don't have to worry about Westlake, who has been like their only kryptonite, they're just beating everybody. And they've they've won games close, and they've won games in blowout fashion. Just at the Deep but, South Classic the other week, they beat Kell, who's or they beat Roswell, who's unranked. They beat them 64 to 58, close game. They come back, they beat Archer, they shoot the lights out, they beat them 71 to 56. Then I watched them play Brookwood, who at the time was unranked, but they beat them 56-55, and then they close out with a 59-41 18-point win over Lovejoy. So they are a really good team as I uh, try to grab my uh, cord to plug in my laptop. But they are uh, <laughs> sure. they're, 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 they're clicking on all cylinders. I mean, Sasha Washington going to Purdue, he's about 6'2", 6'3". Um, One of the best rebounders in the state of Georgia. She is just a physical presence. I watched her go for 11 points and 17 rebounds over Brookwood. So you can always count on her. She is going to dominate the glass. Eden Sample going to Old Dominion. She had about 19 points in that championship game against Brookwood. Um, She's shooting the ball well, but she's gotten so much better off the dribble since when I first saw her when she was initially at uh, Northview she's been good Anisha Malone I heard she had a great game against Lovejoy really quick guard Um, she's going to North Greenville but she can really pull up and stop and pop and it was finally dropping for her and she had a a great performance against Lovejoy but she's really quick with the ball Paris filling games a, a freshman who came up big I think she had like eight points against McEachern and that that big time win early on in the season um Kyra Jefferson comes off the bench she's instant offense she will literally shoot from anywhere and she will get her shots up uh but as long as they're going in that always that always helps out um but yeah they got so many pieces Jayla Clark Jones she's going to UNC I want to say Greensboro um I'm probably missing one other but they they just got so much going on over there at, at Collins Hill such a talented program with all those girls and uh, they're tough. They're, they're, they're beating people left and right. And, uh, you know, the one team on paper that matches up with them really well is McEachin. And we saw that matchup. And, you know, Denham to Shields, really great playmaker with the ball. She took over in the third quarter. Didn't really have it going the entire game. But you saw the flash. When she turned on in the third quarter against Collins Hill, she was the best player on the floor for a little bit because she is so quick. She can get into the lane. Really good passer, shifty moves. She's going to Indiana State. Uh, Kaylin Ellis is one of the best three-point shooters in Georgia she just sits outside and strokes them nonstop. stop Hongshed like I mentioned um, very tough as well uh, uh Sanchez Oliver she's going to uh, uh, I want to say Delaware State so I mean they're just got loads and loads of talent and like I said I'm probably missing one more girl as well but they're just <laughs> juiced up they're, they're really good they could be on a crash course for a rematch and you know, I thought at the beginning of the season, I thought it was Collins Hill, Well, I thought it was McEachern and Collins Hill, and then the rest of the pack is like a steep drop off. But it doesn't seem like that's the case, really. I mean, Woodstock was playing really, really well before they hit COVID and the right. pause killed them and they lost like three or four straight games. And that's kind of, you know, put them behind the eight ball as far as the rankings go. But they've had some great results. Campbell's been in quarantine for over two weeks, but that's a team that presses and can give, can give teams problems with how aggressive they play full court. Cherokee's got Kate Johnson inside, 6-3 going to Furman, is a brick house, scores inside, just overpowers everybody. Um, really, really tough player. They got a lot of shooters that go around them or, or go around her. I watched North Forsyth. They got beat last night, but they were missing one of their better guards. But that's a team, if they're getting open looks from three, they can shoot the lights out and can compete with anybody in the state. Uh, Parkview has been a pleasant surprise. They've been really good. They had a a couple pieces move in. Nadia McCown moved in from Petrie Ridge, gives them like a 5'10 wing that can shoot the ball really well. But Susie Ngolefack inside going to Samford, she's a 6'2 bulldozer. She will, you know, gobble up rebounds and score inside. But really – Their best player might be Lily Hart, and she's going to Birmingham Southern, a Division III school. She is legit. She can shoot the ball. She's got great size for a guard, maybe 5'9", 5'10". Like, she's got that prototypical college body, and she's got a beautiful shot. She is tough. Like, she's been so good. Birmingham Southern is getting a, a ridiculous steal. Like, she could start on good Division II programs right now. She's that good. And Jose Baker as well, playing at the point guard position, has really balanced that team. So uh, a lot of good basketball being played in Class 7A girls. And, you know, a lot of these teams outside of Collins Hill and McEachin have kind of knocked each other off here and there. But, man, it's going to be a fun ride to see which team clicks at the right time because Collins Hill, as I said, they've had some really close calls throughout the season already. And all it takes is a bounce here or there to put out the number one seed early on in the tournament. Kyle, what it looks like to me in every
0: classification, man, it's up in the air. Yeah. I mean, I know you have some top-level teams, but the tournament's going to be interesting. Now, Georgia High School just recently put out an article about, hey, we're planning on, you know, finishing out the season. I don't know if you saw that, but what's your, what's your prediction uh, uh, on finishing out? I know it's out of your control, but mm-hmm. what do you think?
2: Well, if they did put that out and they want to finish the season, at least we can say that's a that's a good sign. If your governing body is saying, "We're gung-ho, we want to finish the season." That's all you can ask for as right. a coach, as a fan, as a player. Like that's 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 a good sign right there. Now, right. stuff can come in through counties and through government and all these restrictions and you right. know there's no there's no surprises. We knew there were going to be spikes with the holiday season. We we right. know this. And the one good thing to look at is we do have the vaccine that's getting pushed out more and more every single day. So I don't want there to be a knee-jerk reaction as far as shutting down the season. I was pessimistic uh, maybe a month or so ago. Um, But now that the vaccine is out there, we think it's, you know, got a 95 or whatever percent success rate and it's becoming more readily available. Um, I mean, we're already how many months into the season We know what the protocol is, wear your mask, socially distance, do everything you're supposed to do for the most part, Um, control what you can control, really. And, uh, I mean, we eliminated the jump ball. So we've saved countless lives with that right there, Coach. So we got to play ball. I know. (laughs) I actually like the strategy as a coach,
0: man. You come in, all right, this is the defense we're going to run. I mean, it's a little bit different, but you know what? Nobody coaches really care about that. I mean, it's like, come on, throw the ball up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, talk about – I know you got to go, and I appreciate your time. Uh, are there any – and I want you to talk about your podcast and everything that you're doing because if you – I don't know how many times you do your podcast, but I'm telling you, man, you do a great job with just giving inside information in the players and teams. Hey, talk about surprises. Are there any surprises – let's say this really – are there any surprises out there, Kyle, that – are going to happen in, in all these divisions. Are there teams out
2: there that people aren't paying attention to? Mm, that's always a really good question. <laughs> um, there's a few, like we mentioned, like teams that are disruptors. I mean, I guess they're paying attention to them now, St. Pius girls. Like I did not have Kyle Snipes' team on my radar to start the year, but you're yeah. 9-0, you pick up big wins. That's a disruptor in the polls right there. They've been really tough. Uh, other teams that are outside of the top ten – that could do some damage. You know, I don't know if they're going to win a state title, but like a Collins Hill on the boys' side, Joe Dix, just the style of play. They press nonstop the entire game. They come at you in waves. They're pretty much all guards. They're super athletic. They can go, you know, 9, 10 deep and just press, press, press. If you can't handle that and if you crack, um, you know, that that can hurt some teams that don't have good guard play and can expose some weaknesses. Um, But other than that, you know, as far as – these surprises and sleepers go. You know, it, it, it it's touch and go because it's still early. It's hard to believe, but it it's still yeah. somewhat early on in the season, considering how some of these teams have only played four games, and it, it's like, just crazy. You got teams playing fifteen games versus teams that have played four games. So, you right. know, some team might be right up here, while the other teams they could surpass them, but they're only right here as far as their development goes because they haven't played enough games and haven't you know been able to practice sometimes as well. So, it makes it really challenging. Um, but there are a lot of good teams. There's always going to be upsets come region tournament and state tournament time. And, you know, it just makes me look like a fool. Why am I doing these rankings every week? And I'm just throw like, them out the window when it all comes said and done. Um, but that's always uh, the, the most fun part of the year is seeing, like, man – I am dumb. Why did I overlook this team? Why did I not think about this, this, that, and those? Um, But that's why they play the game, and that's why high school basketball is such a phenomenal sport, and it's so great to be a part of because games are not won on paper. You can ask state champions and all these teams that have fallen short in years and teams that have kind of surged through the ranks and won when no one believed in them. It's a great equalizer is, you know, these these 14- to 18-year-old students. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's great to be a part of it and be able to watch it unfold every single season.
0: Absolutely. You never know. No, right? Rankings are – I think you do a great job of them. But, man, if you're focusing on them, man, you're mm. in trouble as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Kyle, talk about hey, – really quick, talk about your podcast. Talk about your website. Um, I know earlier you did that. But uh, how can people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so my website is sandyspiel.com, and I'll spell it out because it is a, a kind of weird name, but it's S-A-N-D-Y-S-S-P-I-E-L.com. So sandyspiel.com, that's uh, home to all the rankings, game night recaps, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So a lot of information on there. Um, but usually, if you want real-time updates, Kyle Sandy 355 on Twitter, uh, I just pretty much retweet all things basketball, uh, not anything else on my timeline other than basketball and high school. We sure. got enough distractions going on in the world with everything going on, so it's if you want to an escape and if you just want to dive into high school basketball, it, it that's all it is. So a lot of updates so as far as teams looking for games too. You know, I retweet your yeah, sure. stuff. I try to retweet a lot of stuff and. It's it's really challenging. I wish I could have like a, a set thing and say here are the teams looking for games, but it changes day to day because then like oh I got this team listed, then like I got to reach back and say hey coach, did you get this game scheduled? This, but I just try to retweet it and say if I remember a game and someone asks, I say okay I know this team's looking for a game, maybe they still have a spot open, maybe not. You know things change by the hour, um, but sandyspiel.com at kyle sandy three five five, also at sandy spiel on Twitter. Then my other venture, createtheculture.org. Um, you can find that at CTC Athletics on Twitter and also on Instagram, on Instagram for the younger people out there. That's a lot of highlights from the game. So, you know, three-pointers yeah, yeah. made, you know, nice assists, slam dunk, stuff like that. So it's just random, you know, clips from all over the state, from girls to boys to five-star players to no-star players. Just, just some fun stuff to tag some some of these youngsters out there and let them know that they are being seen they are being watched and here is something nice you could share with your friends on social media and and lastly my podcast um, finally just recorded one the other day I uh, haven't been able to do too many of them because with the holiday season it's you know dusk to dawn you got games tipping off at these events at 10 a.m and finishing at 11 p.m and I'm trying to go see as much as possible and then come home and, and write my stories and go back out the next morning and I got to do my podcast with my partner Ramin, who cuts it up and does an excellent job for me. You know, he's a student at Georgia, and he's you know working in hospitals and everything. He's going to be a brain, so he's a he's a freaking genius. He's he's awesome. Um, but he's busy, I'm busy, so I haven't been able to put out as many as I'd like. But now, since we're getting into region play, getting closer, things kind of settled down. You're looking Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, get into that routine. Uh, hopefully be able to do more with our podcast, and usually that's just talking about storylines of what's going on in the season what are my thoughts if there's a a trying topic on twitter that i have to touch on i'll I'll give my opinions and more than what 240 characters 260 characters i can kind of speak more freely on my podcast and just you know trying to break things down and Our biggest thing is come the state tournament time, we break down every single game for the most part. Every single game, once you get into the Sweet 16 for sure, but I do a preview. Boys and then girls from Class 7A to Class A public. That's eight classifications. We break down pretty much every single game and somewhat give my picks, but more so just give my analysis on what to expect. So that's really when it heats up when I try to break down every single game in the state of Georgia. That's where it gets really, really, really fun.
0: No doubt, man. You're truly a treasure and a blessing, man, for, for the state of Georgia, man. We really appreciate I know I do. Coach Pete does a lot of coaches out there that um, really appreciate what you're doing for the game and so forth. So, hey, remember now, you got a golf outing out here at Lake Oconee, all
2: right? <laughs> yes, come on sir. out here,
0: man. You got to yes, see sure. some hoops at the Titan Center, man. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, out. sir.
2: Yes, sir. I'm going to have to hold you to that. I'm going to have to be there. I'm going to have to be there. The pressure's on. I can't let you down now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, when you see us showing up uh, uh, playing Gene, man, hey, you have to be there for that one. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. (laughs) We'll really get to see what you are as a coach now. That'll be interesting. (laughs) I'm going to grade you on that one. Uh,
0: Of course,
2: nothing's confirmed. Nothing's confirmed
0: yet. You know, I'm saying (laughs) so. Maybe I'll wake up out of my dream world. But, um, uh, but we really appreciate it, Coach Pete. Man, Kyle's been great, man. Ty, you have any final final
1: words for him?
3: Uh, I really do. You're too smart to be fooling with basketball. Okay, <laughs> As your I bet your wife has told you that many many times. You need to be a on. Hey, I had a kid, a lot probably like you that played for me. wasn't a great player particularly, but he called at the end of the season. He came in. And he says, Coach, I'm going to Georgia Southern. I want to be a coach. And I did, I'd forgotten. He told me this. I'd forgotten. for This was years. I met him at a funeral. And uh, he said, what do you mean, Coach? I said, son, you're just too darn smart to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he says, you really think so, Coach? I said, yeah. Well, anyway, to make this, a short story of this thing, he's an oral surgeon now and been one for years and years. He operates on the jaws and the whole the whole thing so anyway i enjoyed every bit of this it was long but it was it was good if you ever get a chance and gene will let you do this if you ask you go see gene durden practice and you will learn some things about basketball he asked me to come over and um and and watch him practice one day see i coached against him when he was a player in high school when Mm -hmm. i was coaching junior college and i got to know him pretty well then you know and but he, uh, he holds nothing back. You can ask Kevin. He holds nothing back. He'll give you all the paperwork, everything. He'll sit you down in a seat. He'll talk to you during practice and show you every single thing they do. And um, But it would be – no matter if you're a coach or not, it will change you to go watch them practice. Mm-hmm. So much to learn. But anyway, thanks again. I enjoyed it. And remember, you're too smart for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. no, man, doing what you love, man. I, I love that. Kyle, thanks again, man. I appreciate yeah. that, and uh, we'll be seeing you around. I'll be following you big time
2: on all your articles and everything. So thanks again. Thank you, thank you. Uh, sorry for it being so long, but we got so much great basketball in the
1: state oh, of Florida. We got to, we got to talk about
0: it. Coaches, hey, coaches are going to love this basketball. Absolutely. Wait, uh, yeah, some great stuff, man.
2: It's region time now, man. It's ready to rock and roll. Yep, you're right about that. Gas, oh, to, the, really? gas to the floor, pedal to the metal. Let's oh, go. go. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you.
1: This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with two tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential.
0: Coaches, how are you? I hope you really enjoyed uh, our podcast today with Kyle Sandy. What an absolute genius and encyclopedia of Georgia high school uh, girls and boys basketball. I mean, the guy's a wealth of information. Uh, make sure you, you contact his uh, his website and listen to his podcast. I also want to mention that uh, I am sales rep for Shootaway, and uh, we got some great great prices right now on the. Um, the gun shootaways and of course you can get a 6k 8k uh, 10k and also just new the new 12k shootaway gun absolutely you need this in your program on that uh it'll it'll do all the programs for you You just set it up uh it'll quickly uh you know give you workouts and all sorts of things that you can do with your players to improve their shooting so i know we use it here at lake aconey academy all the time so Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in buying a gun shoot away, I got some great prices for you. Please contact me at kevin.fortado at lakeaconeyacademy.org or 478-461-4403. I'll get you set off on purchasing a gun.
1: All right, take care.